We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we have an announcement to make. Our former water boy, Bobby Boucher, is going to play some linebacker for us. Ooh, I'm a fo- fo- football player. <laughs> Coach, I'd like to tackle him right now, please. Not yet. All right. Now, I want to work with the offense. I want to work with the defense. Special teams. Go with former Fran. Do some laps. Shit. All right. Now, wait again. I'm going to get All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast breaking down the on-field action of your favorite sports movies. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Today's episode, we're covering The Waterboy. Obviously, it's not a serious sports movie, so instead of being critical about things they did right or things they did wrong, we're just kind of just really going to show a ton of appreciation for this great movie. It's peak Adam Sandler. We're going to do some Sandler talk about uh, the run he goes on, and doing that talk with me is my buddy Ross Bolin. We've done some podcasting work together in the past when I was podcasting for the Grand X Network. Ross is the host of two really successful podcasts, the Ross Bolin Podcast and Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, which was a Game of Thrones podcast that he and his co-host Barrett Dudley have now swung into the best in TV and film. Uh, He'll talk about it a little bit in the episode, and then I'll link all of Ross's info in the show notes. So definitely give him a follow, uh, check out his podcast and what him and Barrett are doing with OCC. Ross was kind enough to invite me to come into his studio and record, so no audio troubles today. It was a really fun conversation. He was perfect to have on for this movie, you know, being a big film and TV guy, but also a big Sandler fan. Normally I use movie clips, you know, over me and the guests spitting out lines, but some of Ross's line readings from this movie, his impressions were too good to cut out. So you hear a lot of, uh, Ross has a good Schneider impersonation and a good Sandler impersonation, so you hear a lot of that. Quick housekeeping, thanks to everyone who subscribed, left ratings and reviews, you, you know, you guys know those help a ton. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do, we've got some great episodes coming out every Thursday, looking at Rookie of the Year next week, and potentially an episode covering the Quidditch scenes in Harry Potter down the road, which is something I'm really looking forward to. Finally, if you haven't yet, please go to surveymonkey.com slash r slash sports and take our listener survey to help improve this podcast in the long run and make it a better listening experience for everyone who's enjoyed so far. I'll link the show notes as well as on Twitter, at big underscore screen sport. But again, you know, thanks to everyone who's already taken the survey. Um, I'm you know, really taking these notes to heart and going to try to improve the podcast as best I can. But for now, uh, it's time to dive into The Waterboy with guest Ross Bolin. All right, joining me today, live in person, he's New York Times bestselling author, He's currently the host of the Ross Bolin podcast and Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Ross Bolin. Ross. Hey, what's good, dude? Thank you so much for for agreeing to talk the Water Boy with me. I uh, I've never been more excited to tackle something a project that is not mine than uh, than I was to watch the Water Boy this morning and then come in here and discuss it with you. Tackle, no pun intended. Real yeah. quick, before we get to the Water Boy, uh, tell the folks at home who might not be familiar, what do you do on the Ross Bolin Podcast and Oysters, Clams, and Cockles? Yeah, so on uh, RBP, the Ross Bolin Podcast, we talk a lot about, it's a humor comedy show, but we talk a lot about serious stuff too, like I try to mix in a good amount of mental health and substance abuse and 
uh, depression talk and all that kind of. I mean, it's sort of whatever I want to discuss that day, though. It's pretty random. There's no theme. Uh, I don't know that anybody who listens to the show could actually tell you what it's about. Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, on the other hand, is pretty focused. It's just the best in TV and movies. It used to be our Game of Thrones podcast. Game of Thrones ended. And uh, we were like, well, we can't stop now. So we, we talk about all manner of shit. Most recently, Euphoria. HBO's Euphoria, which I hope you didn't watch as a parent. Did you? I did not watch it. Don't ever Euphoria. watch it. You're done. You have you, kids. Euphoria gives me weird vibes. I don't... You, you can't watch it, bro. You're, you're, once you have offspring, that show is not for you. So anyway, that's, that's what I do... Uh, at my company now, Bowling Media, we we uh, we do two shows, and uh, then I get to come do fun ones with uh, friends like you whenever I have free time, and it's a good life. And this episode is airing on uh, Thursday, August fifteenth, uh, which will be after the Sunday Sunday's episode of Succession. Are you Ooh. guys going to tackle Succession? Yeah, I'm super pumped for Succession season two. I didn't see season one coming. Um, when I watched it, I was like, "Holy shit, this is phenomenal!" Yeah. It has like all the aspects of a. Uh, I mean, that's like a power business show. It's their Billions on HBO, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I never watched Billions on Showtime, so I needed this, this like corporate, big dog, wealthy show. I'm looking forward to it. Where one of the characters smokes meth. That's yeah. important to me. Yeah, does, it, does meth, does a lot of cocaine on phone screens. He does. But, uh, but today, we're here on big screen sports to tackle The Waterboy. The Waterboy yes. is the 1998 sports comedy. A Waterboy for a college football team discovers he has a unique tackling ability and becomes a member of the team. Stunningly, only 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. And good news for what? all listeners. I know, terrible. But good news for all listeners. You guys always ask me, hey, where, where do you watch this movie? Normally I have to rent them on Prime. This one's on Netflix. It is. Which is great. Dude, so you know the new Apple TV update or whatever? I don't yeah. know if you have an Apple I'm, TV. I'm a, I'm a Roku guy. It's very confusing. Um, Apple TV now has, like, you have your Apple TV, and then there's an Apple TV app within the Apple TV where you can type in whatever you want to watch and it'll pull it up within where it's available, right? See, that's that, that would be good for me considering I'm always having to find a random movie. Yes, so usually I type it in and it's like, rent for five ninety nine, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Waterboy on Netflix, it was a good feeling. You don't have a that. reason to not go watch it. Um, no, seriously. And it's like an hour and a half. Oh, it's great. It's you very just, quick. You could just fly right through it. Uh, the, it was directed by Frank Horossi. I, I'm always I'm famous for butchering names on this podcast. I do he that directed, all the time too. Uh, He's worked with Sandler a few times. He directed this, The Wedding Singer, Click. Wow, most okay. Most recently, Ridiculous Six. And then he was also the guy who played Bobby's dad at the end. He played so, Roberto. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yes, that was the director. Shut up. Yes. Roberto is the director. Roberto is the director. Wow. Who gets leveled by uh, by Kathy Bates. Yes. Bobby, it's me, your daddy, Roberto. So a caveat before we get going. Uh-huh. With this podcast, we, we focus on the sports action, what was realistic, what wasn't. Sure. There's a big difference between a spoof sports movie like the Waterboy sports comedy and a self-serious movie like... Uh, you know, the the week before this did all the right moves, which is a super serious football movie. Yeah. So with this, we're not going to fault this one for sports mistakes because it's it's doing it on purpose. We're going to give it credit for the sports stuff it actually did well and okay. just kind of talk about what we enjoy. It's really it's just a parody of Cajun football culture, and it's wonderful. <laughs> so for you, Ross, is this a Hall of Fame, All Star, Starter, or Bench Warmer sports movie? Oh man, I have to say it, for me that it is a Hall of Famer. Um, it's a Hall of Famer for me too. It's amazing. I have I've probably watched The Water Boy twenty plus times in my life, uh, and that might be conservative. I'm not confident in that number. It's a lot. It's so rewatchable. It is. And when as, it's on TV. As I was watching it this morning, and it's probably been at least five years since I've seen this movie. Um, I, I was amazed at how much I knew. Uh, like I know every line. I watched it too many times as a kid. Clearly. But I I remembered every single fucking line, dude. I felt like I remembered so much, but there's also small stuff that just like makes me lose my shit. Like when he's in Coach Klein's office and he throws whatever out the window and, and it's Colonel Sanders. Sanders. I texted you this morning that like when I watch stuff by myself, I don't usually laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. I laughed out loud multiple times last night watching this movie. It's funny this part. That part specifically reminds me of my brother, uh, my little brother. I think we watched this movie a lot together. And when Colonel Sanders takes whatever that is, I think it's a paperweight to the head. Uh, he just goes, done! <laughs> and that and it's just like a side cut. <laughs> it's so funny. But that's so Adam Sandler. That's the type of shit he mixes into his movies. Well, so, okay, so speaking of Sandler, he's got a bad rap right now because he's, he's cashing those Netflix checks. He, he hasn't is. made anything really... I didn't watch the new one, Murder Mystery, which got streamed like crazy, it's apparently. It's okay. Yeah, but he's not. But he gets like kind of this rap he's making. Even like when he started getting into like grown ups and shit like that, it was like 
he's just cashing checks. He's taking the whole cast out on vacation is really what it is. Yes. But I want to go quick. His run from 95 to 2009 is like unparalleled. It's an amazing 15-year run. So I'm going to list off movies, and I just want you to like note when there's something that if it was on TV, you would not watch. You would not dial in. That I would in. not watch. You okay. would actually not watch that you would not be dialed in for. Because, I mean, his run is amazing. So 95, Billy Madison. All-timer. Um, one of my favorite movies Gets the run that I have going. ever watched. Yeah. Ever. 96, Happy Gilmore. Same. The movie I can't wait to do Classic. on this podcast. Classic. Bulletproof with uh, Damon Wayans. Little, little less seen. Don't remember this it, one. It's a good watch. But at, So 98, Wedding Singer and Classic. The Waterboy. Yeah. Nine, 98. Two classics. Also a, uh, an uncredited role in Dirty Work. Uh, as Satan. As Satan. I love Dirty Work. <coughs> Classic comedy. So 2000, Little Nicky. Not everyone's a Little Nicky person. Not watching Little Nicky. There's mine, okay, there's there's, mine right there. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, which isn't really one of his comedies. He got a little more serious. Punch Drunk Love is a really good movie. I remember watching this and being like, what the fuck? It was like the first serious Adam Sandler movie I ever watched. Yeah, it's not as like rewatchable. But I haven't seen it since, and I wasn't old enough to absorb that properly when I watched it, so I won't say anything about it. Mr. Deeds, also in 2002. I, uh, I sneaky like... Mr. Deeds. I like I like Mr. Deeds. If it's on TBS, sign me up for Mr. Deeds. Yep, I'm there. Also in 2002, Eight Crazy Nights. Saw this in theaters. I like Eight Crazy Nights. It's not great. I'm not even Jewish. Yeah. And I, I saw it in theaters. Yeah. It was a cartoon Hanukkah movie. It's great. It worked. 2003, Anger Management with Jack Nicholson. Fantastic gifts from this movie. Mini Two, gifts. 2004, Fifty First Dates, one of my favorite rom-coms. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Fifty First Dates. I have watched that probably five or six times now, and it's one of those ones that when it's on TV, I'm like, "Yep, I'm 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 in for Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore." Yeah, they're both very enjoyable. Yeah, they people. tried they tried to replicate it in one of his when he got off his good run, and I don't yes. think it worked as well. No. Also in 2004, Spanglish, which I think was really like underseen. I think I've only seen Spanglish one time. That's the one with uh, Penelope Cruz. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah, maybe. Ah, uh, well, Something I'll, pull, like I'll that. pull it up very quickly so that we don't sound like uh, total and complete buffoons. Paz Vega. Sorry. <laughs> Paz, same thing. Yeah. Uh, the next year, 2005, Longest Yard. Another movie I can't wait to do on this podcast. Saw it in theaters. The remake. 2006, Click. Really sad. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Out of nowhere, sad. He levels us with a haymaker. It, it hurts. Click Holy hurts. Holy crap, it's a depressing movie. Uh, 2007, Rain Over Me, not really a rewatchable movie. Didn't as, see that one. As sad a movie as you can come by, but he, it was serious. It was good. Him and Don Cheadle, good movie. 2007, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. He starts, theaters. Yeah, starts working with Kevin James. 2008, You Don't Mess with the Zohan. I love that movie. If wow. it's on Comedy Central, I love it. You're I think, a huge Zohan I guy. I think it's fucking hilarious. I don't know if I've seen it. I don't love think I have. It. And then 2009, he kind of wraps his run with Funny People. Yes. Which the first half of that movie is really good. The second half, you can kind of give or take. You're like, whoa, what happened here? Yeah. But I just wanted to like throw some appreciation to what a run Adam Sandler has. Yeah. Uh, I've spent a significant amount of time thinking about this dude's career and talking about it, actually. Just because he was such a big part of my childhood and like such a big influence on my sense of humor and my comedy and my life. Uh, like The Wedding Singer, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison... Uh, I mean, even like Deuce Bigelow, I watched a whole bunch of time. All, all his like really, really good shit, like The Water Boy. I've seen so much that it's just a part of my like pop culture lexicon at this point, or whatever. You put some use on the stack of stack of VHS tapes, big time. In the house. Um, Always had to have the uh, all the Happy Madison productions. Yeah, and here's the thing that really strikes me about his career. It, like, for, I'll give you Water Boy, the film we're discussing today, as an example. The budget was like twenty million, something like that, estimated twenty million. Opening weekend in the United States of America. In 1998, they did $40 million. That's what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just did. That's Quentin Tarantino's number one movie in the U.S. right now or whatever the fuck. Over the course of its existence, it did an accumulated like $185 million. So that's actually a good way to roll it into the IMDb trivia for The Water Okay. Boy. It is the highest grossing sports comedy of all time. I did not know that. Yeah. According to IMDb, while another Adam Sandler vehicle, The Longest Yard, second highest grossing sports comedy of all time. Wow. See? See? 
The film was released in November of 1998. It was preceded by the trailer for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Okay. Many Star Wars fans who were not fans of Sandler wow. played the full admission price and sat through the trailer. Can you imagine back, <laughs> that's how you had to go see a movie trailer? You couldn't just pull it up on YouTube. It wasn't on Twitter the right. morning it dropped. Dude. You had to go see The Waterboy. Wow. What a strategy there, though. Yeah. Henry Winkler's role as Coach Klein came about after he was mentioned in Adam Sandler's huge hit, The Hanukkah Song, where Sandler sang about various Jewish or half-Jewish entertainers. Sandler said correctly that the actor who played Arthur Fonzie Fonzarelli on Happy Days is Jewish. Winkler was thrilled by the reference, contacted Sandler to tell him so, and then Sandler decided to ask Winkler if he would read the script. Okay, Henry Winkler is low-key one of the funniest people to ever be in films and television. Amazing. And he's great right now in Barry. He's great in everything he's ever been in. Yeah. That's the thing. If you go watch a Henry Winkler movie or or TV show, even something as silly as this, and that's part of the Waterboy's mystique is it has these incredibly talented actors and actresses. It's a super super talented cast. (laughs) The film is included on film critic Roger Ebert's most hated list. What a dick. I know. I know. That's just wrong. Not not to speak ill of the dead, but most uh, hated, most hated. Hated. Roger e- Roger Ebert didn't love the Water Boy. Ebert had a problem with the Water Boy. He did. Let's get into the best scene. And there's a lot. Like this hit me with uh, after I, I read off this list. Hit me with other ones you have because I mean, so Bobby's first hit when he's at uh, when he's practicing with the Mud Dogs, uh-huh. and he he loses his shit for the first time and hits in that scene. Colonel Sanders class. The uh, medulla oblongata. That is an all-time fucking speech, man. LT's Louisiana Lightning Camp. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. Uh, the pep rally scene. Yes, dude. When, when cut uh, his fucking head off. When Rob Schneider finally shows up and he he only has one line for like the first few minutes of his appearance, it's just you can do it. <laughs> uh, I've probably yelled, "You can do it!" Cut his fucking head off <laughs> a thousand times. You can do it! Cut his fucking head off! It's one of the things that's really survived this movie. Yes. Is that quote? It's still. This is a very quotable movie. It is. It really is. Um, this is a quick scene, and it's like the thing we talked about with with Colonel Sanders, the quick hit. Yeah. God knows what the team is doing with just Farmer <laughs> Fran watching. It's like it's like five seconds of Farmer. He's Fran. riding the mascot like in an orgy or yeah, something. It, yeah. He's having an orgy with the cheerleaders. Uh, Farmer Fran, just. Quickly, all, all-time character. What an incredible performance from Blake Clark, who's in all. He's in Fifty First. Yeah, he's in a lot of the Happy yeah. Madison stuff. Okay, so I never traced Farmer Fran, like mentally. I had never done that before. Like I just, I never pictured him as a person who was in other stuff. Him tweaking his nipples as they win the Bourbon Bowl, <laughs> and he's got nipple rings. Yes, if you look close, which gold, is great. Gold nipple rings, amazing. Uh, the '70s scene, like the throwback, where Coach Klein gets his—they both have afros. Yeah, and the, but they're clearly the same age. They just <laughs> put afros on them, which is amazing. Okay, it's like so, they didn't cast young actors. Yes, they're just like we're just gonna put afros on you guys. It's in the '70s. Let's do Dude, this. Dude, that's part of this movie, though. I think people probably there's. I think parts of Sandler get taken the wrong way. Like that is a hysterical, so funny, hysterical scene. And it's because they put zero effort into it and just brought out the old guys and slapped afros on them. Because that's funny. It's part of his legitimate genius. Yes. It's like why these, it's why, it's the same kind of randomness that like Billy Madison and Happy yes. Gilmore have. It's why they were so funny. Um, the crowd at the window, uh, when when they're trying to convince, when uh, when Mama is in the coma yeah. and Paco does the speech, gropes Vicky Valancourt, Paco. and then it ends with Rob Schneider, wake her ass up, we got a win tomorrow. Wake her ass up. <laughs> Dude, Paco commits sexual assault in the middle of the film. Tough uh, luck for Paco. Can I read his quote quickly? Yes. That's absolutely. Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother, in, in the part where he steps up at the, the window scene and says, I'm not what you would call a handsome man. The good Lord chose not to bless me with with charm, athletic ability, or a fully functioning brain. <laughs> you see, you're an inspiration to all of us who weren't born handsome and charming and cool. And then he just breaks down crying. That that was like my first recognition of Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother. And he is so goddamn funny. So funny. And self-deprecating. This, I love him and, him and Walter in this movie. You're one yes. of my favorite parts. And then my final best scene is just the bourbon bowl from the halftime when Bobby shows up. Yes. Which is the all-timer when the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl. And then the whole second half. Low-key, one of like, it's such a throwaway line, but it's the funniest thing. 
is the uh, the linebacker who's played by Jonathan Lofgren. says, <laughs> Bob, you're the only one of us who could have passed that test. Yes. <laughs> Talking about the high school equivalency exam. It's just like this throwaway line in this movie that's so funny. It's why this movie is so good. That dude also does an unbelievable job of going cross-eyed. The cross-eyed. Yeah. Um, can I say my funny... The, the, the part that made me laugh the loudest mm-hmm. this morning watching this movie was uh, Bobby's mom... Claiming to have invented electricity and calling Ben Franklin the devil. When did Ben Franklin invent electricity? That's nonsense. I invented electricity. Ben Franklin is the devil. That whole thing, that's another thing that has survived this movie, as long with like you can do it, is calling something the, the devil. devil. Yeah. I Little girls are the devil. <laughs> it's just the best. Benjamin Franklin gets cucked by Kathy Bates in this movie. I think my. I think my favorite scene, the whole bourbon bowl is just so funny. It's pretty unreal. It's, it's longer than any scene in the movie, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's so funny. And for the sake of this podcast, the football action is actually good. SB Nation did a really good oral history. I'll, I'll tweet it out okay. next week. Uh, I'll tweet it out with this podcast. I did an oral history about they actually tried to put some effort into making the football action look realistic. Like the kicker, Derek, uh-huh. worked with the kicking coach. He's to, from like, The Wire, by the way. Yeah, and they, they made all the hits were like crushing hits. Like there are some extras that broke their legs. Dude, okay, so that's one of the things about this movie. The hits are like NFL Blitz style. Yeah. And from the get-go, like the first hit you ever see, you're like, whoa, so we're going to be lighting people up here. Dude, they're they're crushing each other the yeah. whole movie. In terms of like on-field football action, it's pretty good. I mean, it it's, just, bad. it's super violent, yes. but it's it's pretty good. Look, it's a, it's a ridiculous version of the sport. Exactly. It's like an exaggerated version of it. it but And it's crazy because I don't know how they pulled off, and you may have some insight into this. I don't know if Sandler was like running around throwing himself at people. He did some of his own stunts. They said it in that SB. Again, it's a really good oral history. I'm not going to just sit here and read it for sure. Like read it, but I I will tweet out. He did some of his own stunts. Okay, they just had him kind of yeah throwing himself at people. There are scenes where you you almost feel that like you're like I'm pretty positive that was Adam Sandler, and he literally just threw himself as hard as he could at that guy. I also love the uh, the sound he makes. Like it's like the the, (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah. It's like the same sound the quarterback makes when he makes fun of him, which is actually like it's one of the parts of the movie that you're like i'm not sure this would fly so much in 2019 that dude just going over and over. that's his own like his main line yeah that part didn't age well but it's also like it's still it's still funny it's somehow hilarious yeah it's yeah. still funny it the, still works for this movie the things that i thought would come off as like more politically incorrect they don't really they just come mm. off as very silly yeah they're not really like hurtful yeah they're, just they're not yeah it's not being like a serious form of hurtful. right really. no it's, it's just, just silly shit what was the in terms of like most authentic and least authentic, again, this is a spoof. What yeah. just the best parts of the movie for you? Oh man, you know who? You know one thing I'll I'll, I'll kind of shit on a character, Coach Red Bore, whatever his last yeah. name is. Uh, I get what they were going for. Like they tried to do like the classic SEC coach or he whatever. He was like he reminded me of like a cross between like a caricature of a Bobby Bowden, Steve Spurrier yes. type. Yeah, one but of those guys. I guess it's just that Henry Winkler is so damn funny. That that dude kind of falls flat for me. Like, I get he just serves as the the oppos- the opposition for Coach Klein or whatever, and, and the, it, he doesn't have to be that good. His one like scene where I'll say he crushed it is the one where they show up on the bus and he gets out and like stunts on everybody and ruins the whole Bourbon Bowl. The and Bobby's NCAA not going to get violation. to play. His high school transcript was doctored, <laughs> or when it tur- turns out it was Henry Wick. Coach Klein actually amazing. It just amazing ridiculous. plot yeah. point. But I didn't I didn't love Coach Red. As a coach, just because like his what his only deal was that he stole the stole playbook. the playbook like twenty years before. And made his think whole about and you think about how much like football changes in twenty years, mm-hmm. like how much football, how different football is now from nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, so like that that playbook probably wouldn't be holding up. Exactly. My one of my favorite things about this movie is the inclusion of uh, actual sports legends like uh, Musburger. As the play-by-play guy at the Bourbon Bowl with Dan Fouts, and they're like back and forth in the way they shit on each other. <laughs> we know, <laughs> we know, can't hold anything back now. Yeah, uh, that's another one of the lines I've probably said a thousand times in my life. Last game of the season, can't hold anything back now. Uh, we know, we know. And Dan, Bobby Boucher is back on the field. He is now playing offense. We know, we know. But also, like, Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cower in the stands, yeah, like, watching, and they get beer dumped on them by the crazy fans or whatever. 
Uh, I love that aspect that they like. The big show in. is Captain Insano. Yeah, what the fuck? random random thing. Captain uh, Dan Patrick, couple Dan Patrick Sports Center hits. Dude, you brought up Captain Insano, so we have to mention the scene where he calls into the hotline, <laughs> and it's Captain Insano, and he's like, "That's actually kind of cute. How old are you, son?" And he's like, "I'm I'm I'm 32 years old," and they both just burst out laughing. <laughs> In his, in his Louisiana bedroom. Yes, dude. All decked out with Captain Insano flags. And I shit. think the best part of the movie for me, like the most quote unquote authentic, is just like the Southern football culture parody. Yeah. And then also the cast, and especially Sandler, Bates, and Winkler mm-hmm. are just at the heat. That's, Kathy the, that's Bates, the trio that makes this movie. Kathy Bates followed up Titanic, where she played the unsinkable Molly Brown at the time, I think the highest grossing film of all time. It was the biggest movie on the planet ever. She followed at that it up, time. followed it up with Waterboy. Which is amazing, and she is incredible this in this is, movie. It's like the domineering yes. mother. It's always been like one of her things that, that in her career, she has never been afraid to tackle like super serious shit like Titanic and super silly shit like Waterboy. And this was probably the first time I noticed like, holy crap, Kathy Bates will just go do any movie or whatever. But I don't look at it that way anymore. She's just incredible, and she's like, yeah, sure, I'll come crush that role as... Swiss Army Knife. Miss Boucher. Yeah, she can be super funny or she can be in, like, American Horror Story. And be, yeah, dude. And be terrified. Yes, and she's great in American Horror Story, by the way. And it's funny about this movie is, like, if you did... The reason why it's such a good spoof is, like, on the surface level, before you get into it, it is a Southern football movie, Southern football culture, where this awkward guy uses athletics to channel his aggression, make friends for the first time, and also learns boundaries with his mother... But it's that on ridiculous comedy steroids. Yes. So like, it's actually a legitimate. I think it's it's kind of why it's such a good spoof is that there is a an alternate universe where this is a serious movie and it's about some some linebacker right. from the backwoods of Louisiana who's like thirty and this is you know whatever it's a serious sports movie and it's like the perfect parody. It's it amazing. has, it, dude. That's a that's a, a very very good point. If you tried to sell it as the serious version of it, it, it could be done in an alternate universe and uh, it it ha- carries like these weird good life lessons with it. Like they're pretty simple and straightforward yeah. in some cases. Like you don't you know be over controlling with your kids or whatever, but they're life lessons in a stupid ass movie where where one of the coaches tweaks his nipples. The thing about Sandler when Sandler's at his best, especially in this in this prime run, Billy Madison's pretty ridiculous. But even that's got Sandler. Always his movies always have some heart. Yes, there's always re, there's a lot of redemption. Happy Gilmore, Grandma getting Grandma's house back. He's He's a good guy. Same with Bobby. Bobby Boucher might be his like sweetest, most lovable character. Yeah, even, I mean, even Billy Madison is—he's trying to prove himself to his mm-hmm. dad, you know. Yeah, and then the ultimate for me now is a father, Big Daddy. I don't even know if I mentioned earlier. We Big Daddy, we Big Daddy gets me. Big Daddy, Big Daddy gets me. Has now. always been one of my favorites, and for that very reason, mm-hmm. that it, it it probably has the most heart of any the movie. The horror and scene in Big Daddy, like as like a father and as a father who had to think about custody at one point, right. It is like is a very emotional movie oh, scene can... for me, and it's in a comedy. It's in a movie where he's teaching his kid how to piss on the outside of a McDonald's, yeah, or outside of a restaurant, and do like is... ketchup loogies out of his nose. Yeah, it's it's Sandler at his best, and this movie is is a lot of that. So to get into like what worked, there's so much that worked. Oh, one other one other thing though, just the least authentic. We're actually calling the sports the sports. In 2019, Bobby would have been called for targeting every game. Uh, Bobby, Bobby leads point, with the head. He. Pa- <laughs> <laughs> He power bombs Meanie. He he literally power bombs him and says compliments of Captain Insano. Yeah, drop kicks the guy. Oh, Bobby drop kicks. Bobby would have been. Suspended. He drop kicks the guy and he power bombs a guy at another point. Uh, I, have a, I have one more unrealistic thing. Hit me with Coach it. Coach Red kneeling the ball over and over up twenty seven seven. Yeah, and the thir- in the third quarter. In the third quarter, like just turning the ball over intentionally so that they don't have to play offense because their defense is their talent. It's so funny. That would never, ever, 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 no. ever, ever happen. But it's hilarious. It, it is. It is. Let's get into all the all the things that work yeah. in this movie. Because there's there's a ton of them. I mean, you already mentioned all the awesome cameos. The the foot just last thing really with the football action, the Bourbon Bowl actually looks reasonable. They filmed it at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. They packed the house. They it made it legit. Like, yeah, they gave it kind of the ESPN broadcast. That was cool. That makes the parody better. And I because think. the rest of the games are like Oh, that last game is such a, a notch up from the others that mm-hmm. it works. It, like you feel the intensity of a bowl game, and like it's a bigger deal than the other games that you've watched. Yeah, which uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I was thinking about also the NCAA violations, which is real. And players, you know, the Absolutely. NCAA comes for players. 
But can you imagine if, like, before a big bowl game, if a top NCAA player had to pass a test? Like, if, if a 300 Tua, question test? Yeah, if Tua had to pass a test to play <laughs> in the national championship game, can you imagine, like, the packed house in Tuscaloosa of reporters Dude. just, like, out there waiting to see what Tua scores? Yes. It'd be they, amazing. He's one of the few guys who would actually crush it, too, yeah. I think. I, yeah, he seems he seems pretty smart. I love that. That's another a great. We're gonna get into. We're gonna give Vicky Valancourt all you know all Good. the credit she's doing a bit. Good. But that's one of like all time part in the movie is in, when he's taking the test and she holds up the want me to kill him. Son. Want me to kill them? And he's like, no, get, get the fuck out of here. What else did you have that like worked for this movie? Uh, I love Coach Klein's um, mental block that he has mm-hmm. to get through, and his kind of whole character being like this incredibly uh, mentally fragile, broken man who was destroyed by this experience he had with coach red back in the day or whatever the part where he's he's trying to come up with a play and he's like he fakes to the left no he fakes to the right he doesn't fake he thinks about faking he pretends to fake i don't know where i am i can't breathe oh this room is getting smaller i need to sit down like that whole thing the 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 scene where he's in his high heels uh, talking to his grandma on the phone <laughs> and the phone's cord is cut. <laughs> like, dude, even in the bourbon bowl when he's like, when he's like, Bobby, like, Coach Khan, where are you going? He's, uh, I was just going to go get a jumbo pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to escape. He's like slowly backing away. Yeah. Having him imagine Coach Red as, a, as like a baby at first is like, what the fuck? He told him to picture something he wasn't afraid of and he put a baby's head on a grown man. It was terrifying. Winkler's then, so good in this movie. Dude. I don't know how, like, we can't say it enough, but he's just so fucking good in this movie he is he he i don't think this movie like bill uh adam sandler's great don't get me wrong the, the character is so 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 absurd that it that it's just fantastic and kathy bates is great too but i don't think this movie works without without coach klein coach klein is like the vehicle for what makes all the other absurdity about what is the name of the school's what's the <laughs> like southern louisiana the mud dogs uh, bobby goes to sclsu yeah Southern Central something. So, yeah, he so, makes he makes that feel real with his character, and I don't think the movie works as well without that. He's ridiculous, but at the same time grounds it. Yes, somehow. Which I think you need somehow. One other, I think this is the first time that Adam Sandler got the band together in terms of like the Happy Madison characters. Yep. Like Peter Dante plays a quarterback. Jonathan Lofgren plays the linebacker. Blake Clark, Farmer Fran, Rob Schneider. Uh, I think it was his first Sandler film. Um, Alan Paco. Covert, who plays Walter with uh, with Paco and Walter, and like those guys, you see him in like in Big Daddy. Yep. Um, you know, Every all of them are in, all of them and Grandma's Boy, like Fifty First Day. It's like they all have their random places in yeah, the Happy like, Madison universe. What's the quarterback's name? You just said it, Peter Dante. He's the main guy in uh, Grandma's Boy, right? The, no, no, no. So oh, Alan no, he Covert, plays the dude on the couch. Yeah, Walter, who was up there in the stands with yes. Paco, is the main guy in Grandma. Yes. Peter Dante is the the weed dealer. He's the couch. Yeah, he yeah. has the pet. Ape that they smoke weed with, yeah, or whatever. the uh, <laughs> for the fucking lion. Yeah, that, dude, that is a great stoner movie. Just for the record, like out of all the stuff that these guys have done, that one uh, is is the best for smoking gr- drugs. Yeah, there's uh, uh, Swartzens in that. A young Jonah Hill's in that one. Yes. Did I break it? Is that good? Amazing. High score. Is that good? Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, he gets he gets all those guys to get together and he's it's like the first time that you're seeing them play these random ridiculous characters. I mean, and I can't say enough about Farmer Fran. No. How funny, like, the the biggest parody of Cajun culture. You can't understand a single word he says. And it's it's great. Every yes. time, like, in the, the halftime of the Bourbon Bowl, when yeah. they're, they're telling the stories about Bobby, and then he just goes, Bobby Boucher. At one point he comes out, he has one line you can understand. After the game, I think it was the first game, where, like, they're going to win and break the 41-game losing streak or whatever, and Bobby gives the ball to the other team and they win. He comes out and he says... We live to fight another day. <laughs> we live to fight another day. We live to fight another day. Yes. What in there? He says we live to fight another day. It's the, the only, only line time. you can understand, though. But he says it like that, and Bobby just like smiles at him or whatever. But uh, oh, I had I had one scene I wanted to bring up before I forget it forever. Coach Klein at the at their house for dinner when he comes over and Bobby's mom has has made a snake. And he says, this snake looks delicious. Uh, what part do you think I'm about to eat? And she's like, basically, a snake don't have parts. But um, if I had to call it anything, I would say it's his knee. It goes <laughs> right, great. His and knee. then right after that, it's like, what are we having for dinner? And you hear the bugs out. The dessert. <laughs> squirrel. 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 He goes, excellent. And uh, what are we having for dessert? Squirrel. 
excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic scene. <laughs> and that's another great Winkler when he's like, you know, uh, Bobby's talking about my mama doesn't want me to play football. Well, my mother didn't want me to get a tattoo of Roy Orbison on my ass. What mama don't know won't hurt her. That is one of the best lines maybe in any movie ever. And it's another one that I've repeated a million times. And that him looking back and pulling his ass out, and that's so not his ass, uh, is just unbelievable. And that is a gigantic Roy Orbison <laughs> ass tat. It's like most of the cheek, which is excessive. Don't go that high. Don't it, that big if you do that. It's such a good scene. Uh, one other, Another thing I love in this movie is all about like random small running gags. And the whole Bobby keeping up the fake hate of not playing football. And she's, Bobby, did they ever find that gorilla who <laughs> blacked your eye or whatever? No, no, well, Ma, the search continues. She's putting up fucking signs <laughs> the on the trees the gor- of, of a gorilla she's drawn, yeah. It's so, I mean, it's so, and again, like, mostly on this podcast we talk about serious sports movies, but it's just impossible not to talk about how perfect and how funny this fucking movie let's, is. Let's get to the, the, the part of when they finally explain to us why he does what he does. When we, re, when we learn about this lie his mom has told him about his dad, mm-hmm. Roberto, who... Uh, the actual crux of him being a water boy. Yeah, he went, th- that his dad went to the Sahara to save, uh, whatever, do the Peace Corps thing, and mm-hmm. then he died of, of dehydration, and as a result, Bobby has become obsessed with hydrating everyone, and that's why he's a water boy. That is one of the... When you finally learn that piece, you're like, oh, my <laughs> God, what the fuck? It's, it's like the most it's the most ridiculous just plot. It's like this whole this character's whole main motivation is because his dad died of dehydration. Now he's a water boy. It's funny that they picked up. That's how they made it. It's just it's hilarious. And it's, it's just so dude, that's funny. That's an so hour unique. in. That they're like, okay, now we'll explain to you why he's even doing this. Yeah, first is he's just this weirdo who's handling the water and measuring it out and disabled in some way. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, and I mean we learn like the, the the first you know first time he ever snaps and and actually hits somebody is after we find out like, hey, water boy, check this out, and he spits in the cool, he's spitting the cooler, and we find out people have been doing that to him since he was a child, and oh, the, I got a wooden spoon and. You smell like you could use a shower, stinky. Like, that's when he finally, finally breaks and hits somebody. That's a real thing. Yeah. People have a buildup. There's a fucking line. If yeah, you... sports are a good way to take out your aggression. Absolutely. And Bobby gets to channel his. I've got, like, two more sports things that actually didn't work but are just funny. When Bobby calls time, he sees the ref sweating and he calls time out. Like, Bobby just burned a timeout in a college football game, but it's still the funniest thing ever. It's just part of his – it's part of – Doing the whole thing where hey, this character still got a good heart. He might be this bloodthirsty yep. linebacker now, but hey, he's still looking out. He's still water comes first. Dude, the softness he displays when he's like conver- conversing with the other team and shit, and mm. that that part like before he becomes the violent, you know, a split second later he's gonna snap and rip somebody's head off. But like when he's just in lined up for the next play, he's still like calm and nice, and somebody will say something and he says something super polite back or whatever. That that having that softness to Bobby Boucher is what makes him super likable. If he was just killing people, we'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, and it's good that this movie didn't have a turn of... Bobby never got too in his head about how popular he was and how yep. much people liked him, which is Stays another humble. reason... Yeah, is another reason why this movie works so well. Like, Happy Gilmore kind of does the same thing. Yeah. Like, Happy Gilmore is obviously a little more brash and stuff, but he never... He's always still focused on his main goal of getting Grandma's house back. Yes. Bobby's just focused on his goal of... Really, it's the first time he's ever had friends, and yeah. he's just kind of enjoying that. He doesn't let it get too much to his head, which I actually like. Another thing in this movie that is "quote unquote" unrealistic, but is great, is the after they win the game, there's the party at the house, yes, and coaches there, coaches at the after, and so is Colonel Sanders. Why the, is the teacher there? The professor who's like he's got his arm in a sling. <laughs> Give my best to your to your loving mama. He prog- he progressively becomes more and more injured throughout the movie, like with all the different things that happen. He's like yeah. the clown in Billy Madison. Yes, yeah. <laughs> hey the- kids, it's me. <laughs> Slap hands. Uh, oh, another unrealistic thing. He sacks the quarterback 16 times, shattering the old record of seven. As a 31-year-old freshman. Amazing. Relatively unrealistic. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's really – you can't really talk about, like, who's a good on-screen athlete. Sandler's kind of believable as a linebacker. They it's give okay. him the massive pads, yeah. and it, it works. Yeah. It's the 90s. You throw massive pads on, every, on anyone, Look, and it, Sandler, it generally looks incredibly unathletic. You got to give him some credit. At no point watching this movie are you like, fuck it, Sandler doesn't have it. He has it. He running around and shit. Like, it's hilarious. It, but it's also funnier than if he was this jack dude. Like, if he was the big show. Oh, for I think sure. it's funnier than that because 
you see the big if you see a guy like the Big Show, <clears throat> he's obviously he could obviously be a monster. Like everyone would watch him do the water and be like, "Why sure. the fuck isn't that guy playing defensive end?" Yes. But Bobby Boucher is you know diminutive and and just unassuming, so that makes it even funnier it, that he's just a freak of nature linebacker. So key. Yes, absolutely. The Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. This is as contested as they come in in any movie. It's a There's tough a one. lot of good ones. Do you want to – can I give you the floor? Do you want to talk about Vicky Valancourt? Sure. Um, watching this movie, it, it struck me. I think I texted you. I was like, dude, Vicky Valancourt may be the most down-ass bitch to ever walk the face of the earth. You tweeted that. Yeah, from from like – oh, I tweeted it. Well, I, I, <laughs> You can never tell if it's a tweet or a text. I, I don't know. In my brain, they all just get shuffled into the same file. Uh, but when uh, there's like seemingly no reason why, other than that they spent their childhoods together and mm-hmm. like had crushes on each other, there's seemingly no reason why she should be as loyal to Bobby as she is. But she's insanely loyal, like literally insanely loyal. Like she wants. I mean, to, she's a convict. She's a felon. She for sure. Th- she threatens to saw Meanie, an opposing linebacker, on another team's head off in front of the police. She's considering stealing Lawrence Taylor's Porsche she, outside of his camp. She robs LT. <laughs> she steals LT's Porsche and then drives it down the highway 10 miles an hour next to Bobby on his fucking uh, lawnmower. Amazing. She soups up his lawnmower so that it goes way faster. Uh, she shows him her boobs. She, she mm. takes his virginity. She's there the whole time. She's on the sideline. She, she starts making the water, working on the water. She... Th- the, she gives the accurate prediction for the score. <laughs> it's the not a, that ain't no guess. That's what it's gonna be. What's your prediction for the rest of this ball game? My dog's gonna win 30 to 27. <laughs> that's very interesting. How'd you come up with that guess? Guess? That ain't no guess. That's what it's gonna be. Okay, that's fine. Oh, be careful down there, Swan. She's about to kill that dude. Lynn Swan is about to get got on the sideline because she has a, uh, a prediction of how the game's gonna be, and it's not a prediction to her. I don't know what happened and why she wasn't in the Sandler universe anymore. Right, her name the, is Fer Feruza Balk. Yeah. Again, I am awful with I names. Can't, I she can't was an almost it. she was an almost famous. She was one of the groupies in Almost Famous. Incredible movie. Yep. Everyone go. But she's not she never in any of the other Sandler movies, which is kind of surprising to me. A fun thing about her, Vicky Valancourt, and Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, there's uh in Happy Gilmore, it is uh, Virginia Bennett, yep. and in uh, Billy Madison, it's Veronica Vaughn. So it's the double V thing. Ah, double V thing going. Never on. picked up on this before. This is the kind of information you get here. It's good information. But she's great in this. I'm very disappointed that she wasn't in the Sandler universe. A it's lot. very strange that she didn't, because that's one of the things watching this movie that hit me. I was like, damn, Vicky Valancourt never really did anything else, huh? Mm-hmm. Or like, no, I guess she did other stuff. She was in almost yeah, famous she, and yeah, whatnot. she was in other stuff, but never. Never as big as this again. Well, you know part of, like, of the reason. This is like, I mean, Vicky is a baddie, but this is before Adam Sandler had the pulling power of Kate Upton, Jessica Biel, Kate Beckinsale, Courtney Cox, Paz Vegas, Selma Hayek, Teresa Palmer, <laughs> Brooklyn Decker, all of which he went on to make movies with as leading ladies. Those are um, A-list celebrity female actresses and that he got access not. to. She is not. Uh, <clears throat> she did her thing. But then she got bumped for for the bigger, badder babes, and that that's sometimes that's how it goes. But nobody has ever come in and crushed a role as stupid and silly as uh, as she did with Vicky Valancourt. She's an all timer in this movie. She's definitely the front runner for the the pinch hitter award for sure. There are a couple other uh, Derek, who's the kicker, played by Lawrence Gilliard Jr. He's Bobby's first friend. Let's got borrow the, his helmet. Got the gold tooth. Yep. Kicks the uh, the ball with the clan hood on it. <laughs> <laughs> he imagines the football as a Klansman's head and then kicks a field goal. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Uh, Farmer Fran, who we've already talked about, is great. I don't know if Henry Winkler, Coach Klein, is a supporting character. He's I a think main he, guy. To yeah, me. main guy. Um, there's Jerry Reed is, is Coach Red. He's more of that parody, the, the Bowden Spurrier parody. Yeah. And then Falton Musburger is themselves. Is just great Oh, yes. There. They're, they're fantastic as well. But I think if you're picking – pinch hitter award it's got to be it's got to be vicky it's got to be vicky uh she's squared she's amazing amazing in this movie so the big chill uh in sports comedies there's not really a big there's usually not a big chill moment it's more reserved for serious movies right natural when roy hobbs walks it off miracle mikey ruzioni you know i play for the united states of america but it is really touching when vicky gets everyone to come to the window for bobby no shit and when Bobby shows up at halftime, 
to talk about. Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime, the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl? No, I mean, that's, again, you, you know, Vicky is a psychotic person uh, who's brandishing a knife in most of her scenes, but she also has a heart, and that's the thing. Is like it, you, you have to have your psycho weirdo char- All the characters in this movie, as weird and broken as they are, except for Coach Red, all have a heart. All the good characters have heart underneath all their weirdness and... Uh, <laughs> Potential disabilities. The only one who might not have a heart, who might just be psychotic, is Rob Schneider's character, who also oh, yeah. should have been in the in the Lenny Harris Award. I forgot about him. Oh even, yeah. Even on Bobby's wedding day, he's getting weird. Yes. You can do it. You can do it. But uh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> this. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that there's two moments in a sports parody that you can even think of that would give you the chills or even you know, be, be serious emotional. Yeah, or is, meaningful, yeah. Yeah, it's great. The, when everyone, when the whole town is outside that window for Bobby, you know, telling him how much they appreciate him, and Bobby kind of sees that, they apologize for abandoning him about yep. the grades thing. It's great. It's it a makes really the, good moment. the hair on your arm stand up or the back of your neck or whatever, and to have a moment like that in such a, st- a seemingly stupid movie is... Uh, is something. It's like one of the. It's one of the scenes in this movie that I think makes it really, really work mm-hmm. and puts some actual weight behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, taking this movie as a whole, we kind of said earlier that there's on the surface there's a serious version of this movie that could work for sure. They do a perfect job with the comedy, but keeping the heartwarming thing still there, and that's what Sandler did so well for so many years. Yes, it's what's like you would love to Dude, see him get back to. He he still has a version of it, of that fastball. It's just. Listen, man, he's like $400 million deep. Yeah. He's made 30 movies or whatever. Like, it's he can he has earned the right as an American piece of, like, comedy culture now to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And we have to be okay And with Netflix that. has given him the blank check to do whatever he wants. Yes. And who are you to say, like, dude, go back to making screwball comedy? It just doesn't work that way, too. Yeah. It's like, dude, listen, he gave us what he could. We got at least, I would argue, three of the best, funniest movies ever made ever out of his run. Uh, including a bunch of other great, like I would argue, like B-list ones, and uh, he he earned the right to do what he's doing now, which is to make hundreds of millions of dollars off of the, what is the the word I'm looking for? Like the average everyday American, like your your lowest common denominator for the most part is who's going to watch a lot of Adam Sandler's movies. And movies like The Waterboy aren't getting the run in theaters like they got at that time. Like no. think if Sandler released something in theaters now like this, it would it would get so he's he's Adam Sandler would still yeah. I mean his movies still get streamed on Netflix again that's you know you feel like it's for free if you're right. using Netflix. Right. But think of someone as a young, like, if, like, Pete Davidson released a football sports comedy thing. It would it's, flop, Yeah, it's going to flop. It's not going to be anything. That's what was so astonishing to me about those numbers, and the reason I brought them up and, and ruined your IMDb uh, <laughs> a facts segment, because that is an insane amount of money to make off of this, dude. Incredible. It showed the power. This is in 1998 that he pulled in $40 million opening weekend on a fucking football parody movie. And why he's just rolling in the fucking dough. Did he seemingly, honest to God, like, look, I get part of the part of the weird appeal with Adam Sandler is that he's so casual in his movie making. Like, mm. there are parts of this where like you're like, is he even trying in in his acting? Or like, what 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 is? It's just just the silliest fucking thing. You I've think ever it's seen. just more of like buddies having fun yeah. with a camera? I mean, come on, man! It's not like he method acted Bobby Boucher or something. Like, this is a silly gig for him. There and was no eighty. There was no eighty take scene in right. this movie. No, there wasn't. And I, it, it was. It's seemingly all his movies. He gets to go out and have the time of his life with his friends and the hottest woman on earth, mm. and he kills it. Why would he stop? Why, if you keep having the success he's having over and over and over? That's the problem. Is this just like you and sure you and me are like, well, come on, man, we want the classic stuff, but he's making hundreds of millions. And at the same time, he's also he's run back the classics. He's played the loser guy, Bobby Boucher, not so much of it, but like the you know the down on his luck kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know, the big daddy guy, the, That's the always man the child in Billy Madison. He's always he's really done. He's kind of he's not going to run the playbook back right. in that terms. He's going to do the fun more vacation for him in the cast and crew movies. Dude, Murder Mystery on Netflix as stupid as it is and it is very very stupid and I would I, it's a good comparison cuz like if you go watch The Water Boy, a seemingly very stupid movie, and then you go watch Murder Mystery, you're going to walk away feeling like The Water Boy should have won an Oscar or something. Mm-hmm. Uh Murder Mystery is simply silly and it's just him and Jennifer Aniston fucking around, but it's also like an hour and a half of uh semi-enjoyable shit television that he got paid a mountain of cash for. Yeah. 
so I mean, I watched it. I was one of the however many millions of people streamed it that that opening weekend or whatever, and I was like, I'm having fun. This is awful, but I'm having fun, and I can't say shit other than that. At least, you know, at least he's not, it's better than, because some of those movies he's put out are like, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? I can't even watch this. But Yeah, and then in those, in those cases, I don't. I choose not to sully, like, my Adam Sandler mm-hmm. with uh, some of the, the, sh- the things that I consider to be shittier that he does. Mm-hmm. This, But this is peak Sandler, and with, end every podcast with, you know, how to improve this movie, I'm not, I don't, this is Can perfect. you make it better? This is perfect for me. I don't think there's a way to improve it. There's no, like... With this, I'm not going to suggest, like, oh, they should have put a joke in here or something, or they right. should have made it any more realistic or any less realistic. It is as perfect a easygoing sports comedy as possible. It doesn't go too over the top, like a movie like The Comebacks. Yes. That was just so over the top. That you can't really. Yeah, it's perfect. It's got some either. heart. It's got a reasonable plot. It doesn't get too complicated. It's just. It's funny as fuck. And there are very, very, very funny scenes in this movie that are that are because they're mixed in with all the silliness and the in the immaturity or whatever, like they that you don't realize how funny they are, but they're very, very fun like when he Bobby's at the frat party or whatever with the whole team and Colonel Sanders and Coach <laughs> Klein are inexplicably there. Uh, and he has like groupies now and they're like, Are you seeing any girls? And he's like, I I, I see a lot of girls. I see a lot of guys too. <laughs> one of them's one of them walks off, and the other one stays, and she's still into it. And she's like, "I think that's sexy." Yeah, you the ever, other one's super progressive yeah, about it. <laughs> you ever been with a guy and a girl at the same time? And he's like, "Oh yeah." The other <laughs> night, I was with my mama and Coach Klein at the same time. Like that's that's a hilarious scene. He doesn't know what he's saying. There's so much that's funny in this movie that you can't remember it all each yes. watch. You you will always be like, oh my god, I forgot about that. The, it's the, the Colonel Sanders getting hit by the paperweight. Yes, dude, is uh, like the the and the farmer friend thing, or like the epitome of I forgot about that. That's hilarious. Like it makes you, me. I'm gonna go back and watch Happy Gilmore just because I know there's more shit like that. If you put on the subtitles when Farmer Fran is talking, which I attempted to do in an effort to, because again, you can only understand one line he says the whole mm-hmm. movie. Uh, it just says in brackets, speaking Cajun dialect. It, that's that, it. That perfectly sums up this movie. It does. That's it's, a flawless execution of a hilarious concept. This is absolutely a Hall of Fame sports movie. Ross, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about it. Tell the people again where they can follow you on social media. You can follow me at WRBolin at W-R-B-O-L-E-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can listen to me at the Ross Bolin podcast on Instagram, at Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Instagram. Those are probably the most important two you follow on Instagram in terms of me um, and those shows come out weekly and they're available wherever this is and make sure you're subscribing to Big Screen Big Screen Sports wherever you get your podcast episodes every Thursday next week we've got Rookie of the Year with Mike Camerlengo you can follow us on Twitter at Big underscore Screen Sport and Instagram at Big Screen Sports Pod and again remember if you haven't yet please fill out our audience survey make this pod a better podcast go to surveymonkey.com slash r slash Big Screen Sports I'll link it in the description and catch us next Thursday thanks You can do it! (laughs) Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.